Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Muscle Mind Podcast. My name is Matthew Foster, and finally, I'm joined with a lovely, beautiful, and sexy Cody Robinson in Nashville. <laughs> I'm good. I thought you were going to say that about Destin. <laughs> no, I sure. She's coming soon, man. Her uh, okay, soon. I'm just saying. I was like, hey, he's not going to yeah, describe me did. that way anymore. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, and we're also joined by Destin Bailey, the lovely, sexy, and gorgeous, and amazing person I don't go. really know a whole lot about. I don't know you about you, about you a lot, but... Destin Bailey is here with us as well. Um, today we're going to talk about a, uh, a relatively cool topic. I know it's, uh, um, I think it's more of a understudied topic or, or people don't know about it quite as much as they should. Uh, talking about DR. Um, Cody, what are your initial thoughts on DR? I know you've been in the health and fitness industry for a good while. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, diastasis recti, because you'll heal recti and all kinds of other things. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been around for, well, it's been around probably since the, I mean, since the start of time, honestly, because it's, you know, I'll let Destin kind of describe more of the details. But, you know, until you're, until you're a mom, um, which Matt, you're never going to be one. Sorry. But like, <laughs> until, until, unless you're in that world of motherhood, there's, there's a lot of people that don't really know about it, um, yeah, which is, yeah, this, right. One reason we wanted to kind of bring it up and um, hopefully give kind of give some insight. We've actually, uh, I would say, probably the last few clients, probably yeah. two or three of our clients have have actually had severe cases of this. I've probably had about three or four people, maybe five in the past. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I know I've worked with several uh, um, clients with my own business and with HomeFit that have had DR and and issues with with that and and the obviously through training and stuff like that, you can kind of correct them, which we'll get into in a second. But so we're going to uh, segue over to Destin. Tell us, uh, Destin, tell us a, a, just a little bit about yourself for those of uh, yeah, those that don't know you. Um, my name is Destin Bailey and I'm <laughs> a trainer with HomeFit. I've been training with them since the beginning of the year. And I'm also a makeup artist. Has it there been that go. long? Yeah, it was, I got my certification in February. Wow. And I started, I think, in March. That's crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, you started doing some stuff with us prior to even getting certified. Dang, so you've right. definitely That's been great. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a minute. The year went by super fast. <laughs> um, I grew up in Birmingham, and that's kind of it. That's kind of all I do now is work. Um, but but there's some exciting news. You actually just worked your last day in Mac, right? I did for a while because um, <laughs> I want to do – full-time with training during the week and then just pick up weddings and events um on the weekend uh, right and then you have the head first so and your personal brand i mean which you know anytime that anybody that i know especially any ladies i know hear about your instagram handle they always love yeah well melissa freaking loves it too because it's (laughs) like it's like it's a brilliant name so what's what's your twitter handle your your primary business Twitter, or I mean Instagram handle, sorry. It's glam underscore glutes. So GG. <laughs> glam for the makeup, glutes for the fitness. Yeah. Um, and have them both together. Yep, you got the win-win. That's for sure. And you're super nerdy, so don't. That's one yes. reason we got you on here because <laughs> yeah. you're nerdy like the rest of us. So don't don't let that. So you so you got it all going in your favor. So we're glad that you're on here with us for sure. Um. Yeah, no, for sure. And I know this is a topic that one reason, because I know you had really been heavily researching it um, specifically because mm-hmm. you've got a new client that's going through it. Um, I mm-hmm. know you've got some, what's the material you've been studying up on. Is there anything kind of sticks out to you? Actually, this would probably be a good time to at least just kind of describe what it is. Yeah. Um, so DR, it's the separation um, between 
in the middle of your linea alba. So your linea alba is um, basically your abs. When you see somebody with a six pack, see somebody with the um, defined abs, it's that little line that goes straight down the center of your torso. And um, if you are pregnant or um, even men who are much older and overweight can get the separation, um, it just causes pressure on that linea alba uh, and causes tears. And it can be painful. It causes a lot of, um, you can see it, you know, physically. Like you can it's, see it's, it, yeah. It's very obvious. Um, there's different uh, levels of it. Yeah. And um, it takes a long time to repair, but it is possible to repair. It's not irreversible by any means. Right. I would say, you know, what kind of sticks out in my mind is is the fact that you know, aesthetically, that's the, that's the hardest part, I think, for most, for most people to deal with. It's, you know, it would be one thing if, um, let's just take the moms, for example, because cause men can get it too. I mean, even older, older men, but like in, re, in relation to, you know, uh, post-pregnancy, it, you know, it'd be different if there was just a lot of like uh, over, you know, like still stomach, like belly fat. And a lot of times that's not the case. And you still... Mm -hmm. You know, but it still looks like you have, I mean, it is a, a pretty, pretty severe, you know, pooch or looks like you have a belly. And I know the women that I'm training with right now, they, they try and wear, you know, the, um, the you know, span, spandex, the wraps, the form, yeah. anytime they form just to try and hide it. And they, you know, I would say another common question is like, how quick can I, you know, can I get this to come back together? And, and there's no, unfortunately, there's not a straight answer on, on this because it's right. all cases are different. Right. And it's yeah. not a quick, it's not a quick fix by any means. I mean, from what I've learned, it's, you have to train yourself to breathe differently and yeah. Yeah. to um, control the way you pick things up, the way, the way you sit down, the way you hold yourself, everything is different. Um, and it's not something that it's also preventable is I guess what I can say. Like it's, if you learn these things ahead of time, like the um, proper core engagement, Mm -hmm. um, and creating a more functional core unit, you can prevent it or at least decrease the likelihood of severe DR if you were to become pregnant. So, so what are the, what are the symptoms of DR for those that, um, maybe are pregnant now or, or anyone that feels like they might be suffering from something like this? What are, what are the symptoms initially? And you can go in depth with them too, but what are the symptoms of DR so people can know? Um, a lot of it is, I mean, the first the first one is that you have separation in your linea alba. You can feel, uh, you can lay on your back, put your feet flat on the floor, um, have your knees up, kind of come up on your shoulders. And if you feel down the center of your stomach, you can feel if there's not that much resistance, you are likely to have DR or have a little bit of separation. Um, that's really the first symptom is just the separation in general. But um, it can cause back pain, digestive issues, a weak core, um, incontinence, which is a lot of things, a lot of women deal with that issue. Mm -hmm. Um, it can cause, uh, a lot of balance issues because your core is out of whack. Yeah. Um, yep. you can't lift things properly. You can't lift heavier, um, which is not great for a mom because she wants to lift her baby and the things that she needs for her baby, whether it be, is that why, is that why women tend to not correct DR? What do you mean? Like, because they have to do certain things every single day that's not necessarily good for them to do, but they have to do them anyway, like lifting their child. 
that just sounds more of like the, you know, just the obligation. It's just, you know, at that point, you're no longer, you know, fending for yourself. You're right, thinking right. about somebody else. So, yeah, I mean, this is my, my thoughts. Go ahead, Destin. Um, I was just saying, I think that it would, be, it's just kind of hard to like, I mean, I don't have any children, so I can't really relate personally, but I would imagine that it's very difficult to focus on yourself and things that seem so boring or not that important like sitting like laying on the floor and concentrating on your breathing yeah if you tell a mom that she's gonna be like i don't even have time to go to the bathroom by myself okay so i'm not gonna be able to lay on the floor and try and focus on my breathing so i think that that is probably one of the main issues um that causes a lot of problems with women having dr and continuing to deal with it as opposed to trying to heal it and moving forward um yeah no i functionality I completely agree. I was actually talking to um, my client this morning and she's got a severe case of it. Of course, she's on baby number four and Ooh. the first, the first three were good. This one, it's, it, you know, it's, it's kind of wreaked havoc. Yeah. And, you know, we were, we, we, she was going through some pelvic tilting and, you know, we were talking about, you know, dive, diaphragmatic breathing and that type of stuff. And, you know, she was even talking about with the separation and all that. She was like, I can't really feel it. You know, you know, it's not like these, you know, these movements are not like, you know, doing a bicep curl or doing a squat or whatever, because they don't feel the same way. And so I think a lot of people, it's like going to physical therapy. A lot of people, if they try and do it at home, they think I've done enough. Um, but you have to be so consistent, I think with this, because you're, you've got to get these muscles, you know, like taught, you got to get them tightened back up so they can start to kind of formulate back together. And not everything, not every case is, you know, fully healable. Sometimes people do have to go in for surgery to, to reconnect them. So, right. but you definitely got to give it time to try and to try and do the best you can. And pre- I think prevention is key as well, kind of leading into it for those that didn't have it the first, first child or haven't had one, you know, yet something to consider. Right. Well, and also if you, it's so important to listen to your body. And I mean, we say that all the time with every client, but really this particular type of case, it's, it's so important to listen to your body and feeling, you know, like what's like, okay, this is like a good, like soreness. You know, I can feel the activation as opposed to this hurts. Um, Cause you can push yourself a little over the limit. You need to make sure that you're finding a right. balance between that because it is so um, sensitive and fragile. Right. Um, I mean, y'all may want to go in, you know, uh, one direction, but if, one thing I was thinking about, cause obviously there's always do's and don'ts. I know you just wrote a blog post specifically on this, Destin, mm-hmm. on our, on our website and, um, on think, <laughs> I was waiting on Matt to throw that out there. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's always explained why, I mean, unless you watch a 30 minute video of somebody, you know, describing it, but hopefully, right. um, so yeah, I mean, do y'all want to jump into kind of some of the exercises, the do's and don'ts, and I can kind of fill yeah, in maybe. There's, there's there's one question I have, and uh, yeah. Destin mentioned a few times about different levels of DR. What what exactly sure. does that mean? Um, so it just means like the when I was explaining the test beforehand, where you lay on your back, feet on the floor, knees up, um, and you kind of tilt your shoulders forward and look in between your knees to kind of put that resistance in your abs. Um, the depth that your fingers oh, can okay. go. Okay. Um, right. cause some, some women, if they get it after their first child and it just, it just goes a little bit, it's, you know, they maybe have worked out beforehand or maybe they were just naturally blessed with stronger core. Like maybe they've always been diaphragmatically breathing correctly, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are very severe cases where 
like Cody was saying, where you have to eventually go in and get it surgically. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah. Because it's... it can be a wide separation. And these, and like I said, the ladies that we're working with currently, that um, that's why it does look like they actually have a bell- belly because right. the separation is so much that, um, you know, what's it's basically coming through that, that gap. Um, what does you know, that feel like? What does that feel like to have DR? Like, does you, is there any kind of pain that goes along with it or is any kind of discomfort? Um, not that I've read about. I mean, I don't have it, so yeah, I can't sure. speak personally. But what I've read is that just you feel unstable. You yeah. feel huh. um, and you feel weak and you're like, and because there's not much pain with it, at least, I mean, if it's directly after postpartum, I'm sure you have pain in general. Um, right. from having a baby. But after that, when it's just your body's more healed and stuff, I think it's just the being unstable, which is frustrating because then you're like, I don't hurt. I can do mountain climbers. I can plank all these things and you, and you can't. So what is, so what is the long-term effects of it? If, if it's not, if it's not a painful, if it's not like a painful situation on your body and most people don't know that they actually have DR, what is the long-term effects? Is it just continuously get worse? Does it affect, um, I don't know, lifespan? Like, is there any kind of long-term effects to it? Um, I mean, not having a strong and properly functioning core can cause back a lot problems. of back pain, Got it. Um, mm-hmm. which if you have back pain, I mean, that's going to mess up your hips, your knees, sure. your neck, um, everything. And I mean, everything surrounds your back. And so in ensuring that your core is strong is what's going to help you with daily life things. I mean, unloading the dishwasher, getting the groceries out of your car, picking up your kid out of a car seat, sitting in a car to drive 10 hours because you've got to go to a family reunion, things like that. If your core is not functioning properly and you're not breathing properly, you're going to have those, those are the effects of it. Compensation. Right. And and then incontinence, which a lot of women deal with as they get older because their pelvic floor is not strong. Um, yeah. and their pelvic floor isn't strong because their core isn't strong. Um, right. it's all, it's all tied together. Um, so those are kind of the more long-term effects. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, it's great to, to lay that out there because of, you know, like I said, initially it's like aesthetics, you know, people's like, I gotta get this, I gotta get this baby belly off. So what, you know, <laughs> you hear that most of the time and it's like, it's not that like you, right. we've got to go through a, a progressive series of, of exercises to try and draw all these back together. And obviously the sooner, the better, because the longer they're, they're lax, the, the, I feel like the longer it's going to take. Right. And the know. more you do the exercises, the more you do yes. those small engagements, the better. I mean, my client who has it, I'm like, you can do it three times a day. If you want to just sit you yeah. know, and do some pelvic tilts and feel that engagement and focus on your breathing. And she's already increased her strength. You. Yeah, so much, and I've only been seeing her. I think two weeks now. Tore, yeah, that tear. Yeah, yeah, tear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she um, she does a great job. She's very consistent. She, she's very motivated. Was that a client? Um, Coral Dean. Mm-hmm. She had severe severe DR when she almost to the point she was about to have to have uh, surgery. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, she wanted to try, you know, exercising and uh, hiring a professional or whatever to do it and. I mean, she's it's basically obsolete now. Of course, mm-hmm. it's been oh, she started in January, so it's been you know seven months, eight months, eight months. yeah, yeah, August, yeah. So I mean, that's what it takes, and I think that's another key angle uh, that you know everyone needs to understand too. It's not a quick, it's not a quick trigger fix situation, You're right? But that's with everything with the health and fitness related deal. But uh, Cody, yeah. yeah. 
anything to add before we kind of switch over to the do's and don'ts? No, I mean, I just trying to think. I feel like I had a couple of points, but I'm sure I'll, I'll kind of come back around. I mean, you know, you're basically going through you're you're rehabbing your body, right. and that's why that's why it takes longer. Anytime you're rehabbing your body, you're 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 trying to restructure like the functionality of your body. You're not trying to just do you know, an aesthetic, just, you're not just trying to tone it. Like you're having to restructure it. And that's why it takes so much longer. And that's why it takes consistency, consistency on doing it. Because, you know, like, like my wife, she's an athletic trainer. And that was one of the first things that, you know, several conversations we had in the beginning is because, you know, we approach, you know, the structure of the body from two different, two different angles. You right. know, I'm all, I'm, I'm kind of after the fact or, you know, progression and, and, um, you know, our reps and sets are totally different than when you're trying to restructure and, and, um, you know, retrain, retrain the body basically. Right. So definitely something to consider. You're going, you're basically rehabbing your body. So you have to have a different mentality of the mm. approach. That's why it takes, takes longer. Yeah. Which me, it was, doesn't necessarily mean that you can't still, uh, have that, you know, weight loss journey and, and sure. Post-pregnancy, uh, getting your strength back and stuff like that too. Cause Obviously, that 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 definitely goes right along with it. But right, and the quicker I mean, the, the quicker you can jump on it, the better. And yeah. Um, it, yeah, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Dustin, but is it not true that it is very uh, uh, be, of you? Is that a word? Behoove you? It, it behooves you. It behooves you <laughs> to do uh, exercise and these type of uh, exercises, which we'll talk about in a minute, while you're pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good point. Um, one thing that people typically say is the amount of exercise that you've done before you were pregnant and when you find out that you're pregnant is kind of the level of exercise that you want to keep throughout your pregnancy. Um, you mm -hmm. don't want to push it too much or increase oh, your that's heart rate. So, wait, okay, say that again. <laughs> that's a good one. The, the level of exercise that you can do before you're pregnant and when you find out you're pregnant is the level that you should keep throughout your entire pregnancy wow wow um because what do you think about that cody <laughs> no i love it i mean i've had people yeah i mean we we've trained people all the way up till yeah. a few weeks before i mean that's where right. we come into play is to to give you you know safety well, um you know right. safe safe um exercise manipulations but still keeping the intensity up yeah so yeah um but it's just i mean exercising throughout your pregnancy it's it's good for you it's good for your baby um it helps um with their heart rate with your heart rate um throughout the entire labor not just the nine months of pregnancy I, i've heard plenty of ladies too talk about by doing this that um the pregnancy goes by obviously every case is different but i've heard several that talk about the pregnancy was so much easier it was oh, almost wow. like i don't want to say effortless but those were words that they used because you know, their stability and their core strength was so strong that they didn't have to, you know, provide extra, you know, um, effort to do it because they already had a strong, like, yeah. foundation, right. um, which and, makes sense to me. Yeah. And your, if your core is strong when you're pregnant um, and you go into labor, your pelvic floor plays a huge role in labor, obviously. So making sure that that's functioning properly and your core functioning properly through labor, I would imagine, mm -hmm. would make labor much more... I mean, I don't want to say like pleasant, but <laughs> sure, but just <laughs> more, more manageable. Than the average, I would like right. to think. Sure. Um. Yeah. Before we get into the do's and don'ts, what I think I was going to say, and actually, your your client kind of mentioned this to me on the phone, um, Heather, when I first talked to her, and it seems like there's still kind of a gap between, no pun intended here, but a gap between um, 
the the approach of physicians. So like she mentioned about how her her initial doctor, I think, you know, going through through delivery, I always get the OB and the, the GYN, you know, you know, mixed up. So um, which one is OB? Is that the one that's for OB. Uh, pregnancy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought, okay. What is, so what her, is, what is, what does OB stand for? Obstetrics. Yeah. What does GYN stand for? Gynecology. Gynecology. You've heard that one. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Obstetrics and gynecology. Hmm. Yeah. So she was talking about her OB, um, you know, his focus was just about delivery. Like he didn't have like, you know, she developed diastasis and he was like, you know, you know, it'll work itself out. Basically I was here to deliver the baby, but now her, her current doctor, and she was like, well, good grief. She was like, if I would have, if I would have delivered, we could have went right in and, you know, allowed you to give birth and then actually sewed you together all in one whack, Mm -hmm. you know, without even having diastasis. So there's still, think there's still research that needs to be done there's different approaches that um, so that's definitely something to look into now like if you if there are procedures potentially that's where you could give pregnancy you know you know give birth and then potentially be able to get and this is not a full-blown recommendation this is just information that i'm providing it's just it it freaking (laughs) blows my mind man sorry this is probably gonna go down a rabbit hole it blows my mind a woman can give birth to a freaking baby man It's not crazy, and it just does all this stuff to your body. I mean, it's traumatic. It's a, it's a yeah. That's why it's a, your, that's why your you're having to. That's why you're having to rehab after the fact. Right. It's therapy. It's, right. Exactly. You know. You know. You see those ladies that are like, um, uh, look like they're about to pop, like doing CrossFit and stuff like that. What are you guys' thoughts on those types of things? Um, <laughs> I'll go back to my first statement that if that's what they were doing before they were pregnant, that's what they stick to do. Then yeah. they can. Yeah. yeah. That's why. That's why I thought that statement was very interesting. That that you said that. But I yeah. I don't know if there's a cap on that. You know, I don't know if but I'd what be. If you're running marathons? I don't know if I'd be eight months pregnant at the CrossFit Games. You know. No. Well, obviously, my I always err on the side of caution. It's just right. it's just like Me when too. you. Absolutely. I mean, it's not saying that you couldn't do snatches or cleans. No, with, you're asking you know, with, doing with, CrossFit. I know. No, I know. Kids. No, I agree. But I'm just saying there are people that, that right. may that still do it. But I'm just saying the risk of a bar to me is yeah. the biggest risk. I mean, do them with dumbbells so you can throw them things away if you need mm-hmm. to. Like, you know, there's there's ways of modifying if you're going to maintain it. Right. And that's right. just that's always my recommendation. And it's like, um, you know, anybody that I've been training really getting up to, you know, kind of actually in their third trimester, it's like, you don't ever want to do anything like over their belly. You don't want to have any kind of risk of, right. you know, if a muscle is going to go to failure and they could potentially drop it on themselves, you know, we, right. we have to, th- we always have to think those into consideration when we're training and then just different stuff. And then of course, like planks and, you know, pushups can be modified. There's just a lot of different ways we can do it pre and postnatal. Pre and postnatal. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've trained several several pregnant ladies in my life, and it's always been each each you know trimester that you do, you 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 kind of uh, you know take away and add different different exercises and, and stuff like that. So that that would be a good pot a good podcast in itself. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, good good kind of just pre and post, not specifically on diastasis recti, right, like and then pre and post. Yeah, pre and post. Yeah, you know, but some people, some women will actually transition kind of and actually doing yoga a little more because yeah. what what ends up happening is you're still really working on your core strength and your balance um, by doing it, but then you're also increasing your range of your motion. Of course, yeah. you you're, you have an increased level of laxin uh, in your body as well, and this is why you're 
here for, for ladies. That's why there's a lot more uh, movement and flexibility when it comes to right. giving birth. But anyway, sorry, I'll, I'll quit. That's there. good. I like, it. I like it. So let's get into um, the do's and do nots of this as far as, um, which Jess and I'll kind of let you segue this however you want, but the do's and don'ts on training. Uh, I'd, I would also like to know if uh, nutrition plays any role in this at all. Um, not, I don't doubt it. I doubt it does, but I would like to hear your your thoughts on it. And then, um, yeah. So, what are the do's and don'ts of training? Let's start with. Um, let's start with. Uh, let's say you. Let's say you find out you do have it. You do have DR. Your doctor. You, you know. You 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 do the test. You see your doctor. Whatever, and they say, yeah, you have DR. What do you do? Um. I mean, it depends probably on how educated you are. If you think that you can do it on your own, if you are a self-taught kind of person, you can look it up. And um, there's a lot of information online about it, even though it isn't really discussed um, frequently. And not, and not everything's correct, right, too, not so you have to be careful. Correct. Absolutely. So um, that's one route. Uh, I think I would personally like to have somebody telling me what to do, keeping me accountable, telling me, you know, don't do this. I think I would have a hard time not pushing myself hard enough. Um, so for training, if it was, if it was me and I found out I had DR, I would definitely look into speaking to a professional about it, whether it be an exercise professional or a doctor, um, or a specialist about it just to teach you different modifications, different, um, different examples of exercises that maybe you didn't think of, or maybe you didn't see online or whatever that may be. Um, and then some of the best exercises that you can start out with are, uh, I call them tabletops, but they're kind of upside down tabletops. You lay on your back, have your feet at 90 degrees and your hands straight up and you just hold that for 30 seconds. It sounds really easy. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for me. Um, just kind of engaging your core, keeping your back flat on the ground. Um, so little things like that, that you could learn from a trainer or a specialist professional if you found out that you had DR. Do you, so if someone wants to seek out professional health, do you help? Do you go see a trainer or would like a physical therapist be better? Cause Cody mentioned therapy. It's, it's basically like your therapy. You're, you're putting yourself through rehab. So is it better to go to a um, personal trainer or maybe a uh, physical therapist? Just curious. Um, actually my, my client, that I'm working with right now, she's actually seeing a physical therapist, me, a trainer, and she's going to a specialist about it. Wow. And, um, she's waiting for the okay from her doctor to also be able to do yoga. She, um, and she spoke to her physical therapist earlier this week. And the, um, therapist was like, you having a team of people that's helping you in different ways, giving you higher intensity activity, which is what I'm doing. And then more therapy based, slow moving, um, movements is also really good. And then seeing a specialist is kind of keeping up with what the, you know, what it looks like inside and, um, really focusing on their specialty. I, I really think both, both I, yeah. I wouldn't say one or the other, um, cause we both offer two different things and they're not two professions that work against each other. They work with each other. I completely agree. I think like they're it. only going to give you more feedback. Yeah. Um, and when you're going through something like this, it's one reason that we do assessments and measurements to begin with. It's like sometimes you need a different metric to give you um, 
you know, kind of confidence in yourself and, and feel like this stuff's working. But like, if you just do a trainer all the time, which is fine, you'll be able to see progress. Right. Um, but if you have somebody that can actually measure it, let's say, Hey, it looks like the gaps, you know, is shortening. It's actually getting closer together. Like actually giving a deeper, you know, view, mm-hmm. um, then it's only going to help, you know, support your efforts. Right. I think, I think uh, the more knowledge you can gain from it, the better. Right. Yeah. And then it's something that you're not going to unlearn it. You know, right. you might as well just jump in now. One thing I was going to say, because I think it would be good to kind of, you know, list out a couple of the exercises, mm-hmm. um, but there's always more because there's always like a select few that we do. But I, what I really wanted to kind of point out was that, you know, obviously there's do's and don'ts, but nobody really explains it. Like I said, unless there's, unless you watch this lengthy, lengthy video, it's like, oh, I just can't do those. But it's, I mean, who hates that? Everybody hates it when somebody says you just can't, you got to know why, like right. if you know why. So the reason I explain, like, for example, you know, a, a big, a big no, no is, is crunches, you know, another, another no, no is planks. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about it. So since you have a separation, you know, those muscles have been stretched. They've been, they've gone through, you know, they've gone through the experience. They, they're, those muscle fibers are elongated. You know, your goal is to try and, you know, tighten them back up. And so, and actually, you know, lengthen the muscles, but strengthen them at the same time and, and whatnot. So one reason I like to bring up, you know, like the crunch scenario is if you're doing a crunch, you're actually, you know, you're shortening those muscles and you're, you're allowing like a separation to actually continue happening, you know, in the gap in your stomach. And then, you know, like a plank, you're still, the fact that there still is a gap there, you know, gravity starts to pull on, you know, your, your internal organs and stuff like that. So that also puts more of a stressor on, you know, uh, the actual space between your you know, stomach as well. And that's actually one reason, and then I'll stop after this, is that the reason, and then, you know, major turns and twists is, is too much manipulation on that part of the core. What about, what about from like a push-ups? Like what about doing, doing like push-ups and uh, those type of exercises? Well, I mean, you're not supposed to do like full push-ups because again, you're, when you're in a regular push-up position, you're, you're basically in a plank position. Right. Yeah. So that's why there are potential modifications. What I have my client doing right now, it's wall push-ups, but I do like a much more advanced version of the wall push-ups because sure. regular wall push-ups makes you feel like you're 90 years old. <laughs> but my my versions are not. Um, what is but, your yeah, that's version what, of wall push-ups, Cody? Uh, it's hard to explain. No, it's I mean, you're basically changing. Uh, I, yeah, you're basically just changing your hand placement, and it's a little more explosive. I see. So you're kind of, you're kind of throwing yourself off the wall and then okay. catching from a different point. You know. I see. All right. Um, that wasn't uh, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the biggest thing on the twist. That's one of the reasons that yoga is not always a good immediate right. jump into because you are really you know moving your body and in, in, in big turns and right. and uh, yeah. Go ahead, the Destin. Goal, the you goal got for more. yoga is flexibility. So. You right. can't really stretch that part of your abdomen. You're not going to benefit from it. Um, but what are you talking about with um, being in a plank position and gravity and pulling on your internal organs and things like that, that one of the main causes of any dysfunctional core is intra-abdominal pressure and right. keeping that pressure at a, a balanced level. Um, intra-abdominal pressure. Intra-abdominal mm-hmm. pressure. What does that mean? It means the pressure within inside. Yeah. And the risk of sounding like a smart ass. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's the pressure within your abdomen that you keep consistently. It's every, everybody has it to an extent because it's what makes you, it's what keeps you sitting up. It's what makes you stand it's the balance oh. and all that kind of thing. But 
you feel it more as you do an ab exercise, that pressure, that, yeah. that tightness that you feel, that's the intra-abdominal pressure. Sure. And when you have a separation in your linea alba, you lose the capability to, to regulate that. Um, and if you're not breathing properly with the diaphragmatic breathing and activation of the certain muscles. What about doing like, what about like rowing? That's a lot of core. I feel like that's a lot of movement. It's a core. My initial thoughts to that, if you think of the whole mechanics of the movement, you know, if you think of when yeah. you're really collapsed together, yeah. you're really, you're really doing a, um, a seated crunch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so it. that wouldn't be a good one. What yeah. about like, dude, this is just me asking because I'm, <laughs> I know, I'm, 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 you know, I want people to know, but um, barbell squats, a lot of, you know, like barbell deadlifts, things that you are having to activate your core to perform a movement. Kettlebell squats. I, kettlebell I, w- I would do. I would do. It's just me, and I mean, I'm always open to debate. But I would do more of a, you know, physio ball against the wall, like a wall ball squat. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how would you that. add weight to that? Just you just, I mean, just dumbbells. Just dumbbells to your yeah, side, yeah, or you can always put dumbbells up on your shoulders if you want to add, yeah, right. you know, kind of the spinal compression. Cause if you're doing a regular squat, I mean, you can progressively do it, sure. but I'm just saying in the beginning stage, if you're doing a regular squat, you're still, you know, if you're thinking of your, you know, your hip, um, you know, your hip range of motion, you're, you're exceeding, you're going less than 90 degrees. So you're creating that pouch, you know, you're right. creating that shortening of the core. Well, just my thoughts. And you have to balance with, I mean, if you're doing barbell squats, you've got a, a pretty long, bar on your back you've got to focus on core activation and core strength and i i, I would think that your core is just really not strong enough for that yet um starting out with squats with dumbbells and even with just a plain squat or a wall squat things like that um are a good place to start to work yeah. your way up to something like that it's definitely not impossible it just wouldn't be something that i would begin with yeah i would say if you're doing things like um definitely facing up when you're on your back. That's why you have like bridges and dead bugs and, you know, those types of things, because you're still able to start building your core strength kind of from, from the back and around. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've started doing with my client is um, basically like, what do you call them? They're like first for your transverse um, abdominus. So it's more like a eccentric. So basically she's, her knees are slightly bent. She's in the kind of a full sit-up position to start with, but she's supporting, supporting it with her hands. So she's not really engaging a whole lot of core effort. Mm-hmm. And those things she'll she'll actually tilt back and try to really control herself as she's extending her herself to make that that transverse the back side of your your abdomen wall you know work and contract. And so we're actually able to work on strengthening it from that perspective without having to actually create a like a shortening because her spine is still long. She's just kind of falling back and then helping herself back up. Sorry, a little hard to explain over podcasts, but there's different ways, like I said. Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's different options of, and I mean, the amount of exercises you can do that will engage your core, you wouldn't even imagine would actually engage your core. Um, there's so many, there's so many options that you have that using those, those basic movements like a barbell squat or um, gobble squat or things like that, that, it's not necessary. You can still get a good exercise without those, um, right. Without those specific things that are going to benefit you more and make sure that you are protected and moving properly. I love it. Fascinating. What about like the, um, 
you know, there, 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 there obviously are exercises that you absolutely want to do. And you mentioned some of your clients, you know, they're doing them three times a day. So what, what are probably some, some top exercises? I know like dead bugs and glute bridges and, um, uh, you know, uh, spinal, like, you know, working on like your pelvic tilts and stuff. What, what are, what are some top, or did I just name them? <laughs> some of them. Uh, I have a few more. Um, yeah. One of my, one of my favorites is getting in the bridge position um, and having a towel underneath one of your feet, going up in a, bl- in a bridge and sliding one foot at a time in and out. Mm-hmm. for me in and out so that your glute is activated your pelvic floor is activated um, and your core is activated and it helps with your balance because you're moving only one leg at a time and then you switch um to the other leg i just call those heel slides i don't know what the proper name for those are but... yeah that's usually what i would call them and then my one of the ones that my my client really loves right now is is side planks but we do them from from the side of her knee like her mm-hmm. knees are bent yeah. she's basically on her knees because i mean you can really tighten up this you know the the obliques and it still forces your core to engage, but you're not, you know, the, the gravity is not pulling directly on the center of your core. So that's her, it's, I say her favorite. She hates them, but I mean, that's what we do a lot. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> elevated glute bridges are great. So putting your feet in an elevated position and doing a regular old glute bridge um, kind of intensifies that feeling without it putting any extra pressure. Um. Let's see what else. Um, if you have a yoga ball, like the big, mm-hmm. the big fit ball. I don't even know. If, I don't know. Swiss why. ball. I don't know. What ball well, physio, balls. physio. Yeah, Swiss ball was, I think, the original. Physio is is the most. Physio. It's, uh, wow. it's physio ball is one of the original names of it too. But there's just a lot of names. As long as you don't call it a medicine ball. Oh no, please, no, I happens. call it a yoga ball, and I don't know why. I've always called it that. Um, sure. Stability ball it, too. Stability ball. Right, sitting yeah. on it and just raising one leg at a time, and True. sitting on the ball in a free area makes you focus on your core because you're alternate right. sides with your feet. Um, those are some good ones. Just So, you know, as, as we were talking about it, um, is it okay if I jump in? Yeah, please. By all means. Okay. So, because what made me think about it. So uh, a few years ago, I actually went to a conference in DC and there was a whole segment on this. And uh, I actually went up and talked to the lady specifically about uh, a client, an older man, uh, client's 85, he's 86 now. Um, and, you know, he, he had, he drove for a long time, you know, and he's got a pretty good, you know, size belly on him. So you can think of the amount of miles he's driven and the amount of time spent at a desk and how, you know, that pooch is going to form and your, uh, and then your core muscles are going to get kind of lax. And so, um, so he's even developed it. He's just, mm-hmm. just pronounced, but anyway, one thing I actually talking about exercises and I do this with one of my, the client as well. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard of it. It's, it's more so in physical therapy, but it, they call them perturbations. So it's basically, it's a, it's allowing your core to really engage without having to do, or any muscle, but really allowing the core to do, uh, to engage without having to do a lot of full movement. So like for her, I'll actually stand to the side and hold, I'll kind of be the anchor of the resistance bands and she'll hold the resistance bands, but she won't do like a big full turn. She'll just do kind of slight movements which forces um, the core to really engage, but not requiring, you know, much turn or rotation. Mm-hmm. So that's something there's, there's a lot of levels that we can really take it, you know, right. to be able to work on the core. And those levels depend on the level of your DR true. and how that's true. deep it is. So, which is why it's always nice to have a personal trainer or a physical therapist or a specialist to be there to kind of moderate what you're doing. Um, 
So you don't think right. you don't have it that severe and you end up having it really severe and you think, oh, I can do so-and-so and it was not a good idea. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, so there's you a can lot actually of you... make it worse, correct? Oh, absolutely. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Definitely can. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely, you definitely want to reach professional or reach out and get professional help on, on the situation like this because it could definitely affect your your everyday life, everything that you do, your ability to pick up your children, your ability to even enjoy long road trips in the car. I mean, all kinds of stuff like that. So definitely reach out to somebody that, that know has an extensive knowledge. And this gets into um, make sure that someone actually knows about it. And understands yeah, actually it. has experience in it. Don't just get a random trainer. I mean, yeah. And, that, one, you know, yeah. and one that's personalizing your healing. Because not everybody's them, DR is the same. Right. I would have them give you examples like of, sure. of people they've trained before. Don't just take their word for it just because they have the certification. Like nothing is better than actual experience. Right. of working with somebody you know I, th- I would say one takeaway i know i know matt likes to like, we like to do kind of the recap but you know one takeaway kind of when we're here is i would say there's not a perfect guideline but if you could give it four to six months you know max or, or maybe a little bit longer if needed but you know at least four to six months of time to let your body heal before you try to go to extreme measure you know um, kind of going back under the knife that would kind of be my recommendation is to just give it time to try and heal before you go to the next step that's right. awesome yeah that, well that's good i advice. mean surgery is traumatic as well so giving right, yourself right. that time to, to possibly do it without something as extreme as surgery is definitely a better option in my book um yeah i agree yeah. love yeah. it so we that's a lot of that's a lot of information covered on dr it's a lot of good stuff too i mean we'll we'll, we'll add a lot of these key points into the show notes at the very end uh that that, that you guys can go and, and kind of refer back to as well but um, just to kind of, Destin, if you just want to sum it up real quick in a good, um, <laughs> brief summary of what exactly DR is, how you should really control it, what you should do moving forward. Um, yeah. What is it, Cody? I, love it. I just I love it. If you could recap the entire right, 45 the entire minutes. In the entire 47 minutes. In two <laughs> minutes, that would be Just dope. Yeah, Thanks. recap it. Actually, less than two minutes. 60 <laughs> uh, seconds. Okay. Ready to go. You're, um, go for it. So DR is just a separation. Um, it's the weakness within your core. Ways to fix it is focusing on your breathing, learning how to do diaphragmatic breathing, focusing on it, giving yourself five to 10 minutes a day to concentrate on something like that and working towards a more functional core, um, reaching out to a professional to help you understand the steps and the process that it takes. And somebody to tell you like, this is going to take longer than, you know, a couple of weeks and sure. being encouraged by a professional that it's okay at the place that you're at. Um, because it is very discouraging to not be able to function properly. Um, so having somebody there to, to push you along and say, you know, this is okay. This is normal. Um, and we're going to fix it. Um, and there's lots of different levels of it and <laughs> there's lots of different exercises you can do. I don't know. What else I know. I think that's good. I think you hit every single nail on the head. I completely agree with and, all that. Uh, you know, she wrote a blog up on our on our uh, blog post on HomeFit. Uh, it's the most recent blog. Uh, yeah. Just go to homefitconsulting.com slash blog, right? Yeah, that, right. That'll, that'll pull up all the articles. It, it'll, it'll be right there. Up and there's one right there. We actually have the uh, do's and don'ts exercise kind of broken down, too. And, uh, yeah, any any save rounds, Cody, on uh, DR? 
Nope, I think we've covered it all. But a bing, but a boom. Destin, yeah. where can everyone find you again? Um, glam underscore glutes. That's my um, that's my handle for everything for Twitter, Instagram, and it's on Facebook. They don't let you do underscores, so it's just glam glutes. <laughs> Love it. Uh, you can also just look me up on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Cool. What are you getting into tonight, Cody? Um, actually, Melissa's waiting on me. She's kind of pacing, ready to go eat some <laughs> eat some dinner. Yeah, that's why we're gonna go too, man. Get some. <laughs> I'm taking off the next couple of days, so I'm gonna rest. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. It was good talk. It was good chatting with you. It's nice to have a podcast back going. And uh, yes, sir. First one we've done together. We're gonna have guests. So, um, if you guys have any um, questions, constructive criticisms, if you have any suggestion request for uh podcast topics or guests or whatever feel free to always you can find me at train thrive on uh instagram dm me you can find cody um yeah you can, yeah i'm, you I'm, just, I'm at know. uh at at coach underscore cody coach cody you where go. you can find me mm-hmm. um and you can always uh send requests to us and let us know what you think so thanks for listening um hopefully we can get this pushed out pretty quick man so i can get it We'll get it. Thanks, Destin. Thank you for your time and your expertise. Love it. See you, man. All right. Y'all have a good day. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.